Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Now, I'm always excited to have a new guest on the broadcast, but I'm more excited today because it's my dear friend, Jess Ponce. Now, I mean that, and he's here to talk to us about personal branding. His book is called Everyday Celebrity, a personal branding guide from a Hollywood media coach. I know, how lucky are we? Now listen, this is like a $10,000 value. I just want people to know that. That this, Jess is going to actually do two podcasts with us. So there'll be part one and part two. So look forward to them. So I'll tell you a little more about Jess after I at least let him say hello first. Hello, Jess. Hi, Denise. What a lovely intro. And thank you very, very much. I'm really excited to chat with you too. Uh, Denise happens to be one of my my favorite people. Um, first of all, just in general, I love I love seeing everything you post, but also in the entertainment business because you know we got to stick together. And when you find people that you can go through insanity with, you got to hang, right? Oh yes. Now this is what, why we need to do two podcasts, and we're going to get to some really helpful tips. But I need to say this about Jess and why how we met. I was a food stylist. Jess was working at KTLA, and he and I spoke about this recently. Actually, I think he may have still been an intern. <laughs> Can you yes. imagine? From, so what, Jess, we've been friends for 20 years? Yes, yes, definitely. Now, we've not only, we became friends, and that's lovely, but we worked together on so many different projects. Now, I said to Jess, and I think of it all the time, I didn't even know it, but Jess was working on my personal branding before I knew that he was doing that, okay? He gave me, oh God, he gave me jobs as a producer. He helped me when I was on air talent. He, you don't even know sometimes, and this is why I always say working relationships. You know, business it's, we ha live in a different world now, and I know people leave jobs and do different things, sometimes more often than it was in my generation. But I'm saying this, Jess and I built, both of us, we watched each other build our own careers, and hopefully we helped each other build our own careers. Now that's huge, Jess. That is a huge, I mean, I, I, when I look back and I think of all the things you helped you with. So what I think, Jess, this is why we started talking about this podcast, Jess and I, a while back. There's everybody in quarantine that has written a book or is a cooking teacher or has been on television is making their own videos at home. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel is in his own home and it shows. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the most natural people on TV without the producer or some, uh, I always call it some finessing, I'm seeing some stuff that I think, ooh, <laughs> ooh, they should be, they need to know not to do that. Do you know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. not being critical, just finessing is what I like to call it. And since you're a, a master at finessing people, whether it's a TV appearance, a speaking appearance, a class that they're teaching, um, that's, I would love you to give some essentials to us today. And I know that's a huge subject and it's a broad thing, but I also know that you have brilliant sound bites that can help people. Well, thank you. And I, I just have to go back to your lovely intro and say thank you for that because I feel like our relationship has been one built on 
mutual admiration and trust because when I've needed some guidance or some thoughts, you've been very open and honest with me about it. And just, you need to do this or you need to do that, or this is how you go about it. And even personally, I remember some conversations where you've given me some insight that I was just thinking about the other day and it kind of almost made me tear up. Oh, honey, I feel the same way because I remember the conversations. <laughs> yes, and we can't we can't go deeper than that at the moment, but because we never know who's listening. That's right. um, but you know, one thing that I have come to realize in our time working together and in the entertainment business is that the medium adapts and it changes. And that's based on a lot of things. So for example, there was a time when all of the hosts were really just kind of newscasters and they themselves were not experts. So when we look at when HGTV first started and a lot of these expert driven, you know, entertainment cable networks were out there, they had quote unquote hosts. Right. And then that changed where we had to start working with actual real professionals who knew how to cook or knew how to design or at least pretended like they did. That's right. And some pretend better than others. <laughs> Absolutely. And there, there's, a, there's a combination there between knowing how to have on-camera presence as well as sharing your expertise. And so I want to start off by saying finding the medium between both is never easy. Great. Because you have to, first of all, believe in your subject matter. You have to know it, right? So if you're a chef who um, can cook Indian food, for example, then cook Indian food. If you're a chef who knows how to do sauces, specialize in sauces. Don't go out there and try to think about, well, what's going to sell my cookbook or what's going to sell me? First, own your expertise. Excellent. You know, and I think I think that's important because, you know, you can't sell something that's not authentic. And everybody uses this word authenticity, and I feel like it's overused. But really, what authenticity means is that part of you that is real, that you know with certainty that you don't have to pretend. And if you're pretending to be something that you are not, it's never going to come across on camera. So... The other part of it, so one is, you know, to know that you're the subject matter expert and to specialize, that's, that's the brand that is you. The other part in terms of on-camera presence, you're lucky right now. You're luckier than you've ever been in any expression of media because people are experimenting. And because people are experimenting and because we have so many people out there who are trying to do videos and live and webcast and all of these different things, we as consumers are more forgivable. Granted, you are real, you are authentic, and if you make a mistake or you're imperfect, own it. Perfect. So true. So true, Jen. You know, and this, and you're right, and that's how the media has changed, besides that we're in. Because do you remember how many takes in the old <laughs> we used to do? I mean, we, would, we did multiple takes. Actually, it was one of the first great chefs I ever worked with that said, uh, when I was the producer on a show, but in Michael Chiarello, it was a TV show. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, in the and he was wonderful. He was one take wonders. Do you know what I mean? Because the guy knew how to cook. That's all it was. We, I laid the food out and he would 
go down this thing. But you know what? There was still an old time director that would stop and say, oh, Michael, let's pick that up again or do something. And he and he was the first time I ever would say, said, no, I'm not going to. It was, you should, don't stop me again. And of course, <laughs> we all kind of went, huh? But his feeling was, was that people wouldn't mind if he made a mistake, like put the spatula in the wrong place or the spoon fell off the counter, that that's how they cooked at home. And of course, if you ever watch some of Julia's old shows, Julia made an enormous amount of mistakes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And was so charming and stuff, no one cared. She was the first one to say, oh, hoo, 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 and move right on. So I love what you just said, but I do think the public is much more forgiving now. They, they want are. to know you and exactly. want to relate to you. And, and, and they want to know you. They want to know your point of view. So I think that's another thing as an expert. Share, some, share something that I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to like I used to worry about this as a consultant that like if I did a podcast or an interview or something and I was giving away tips that I suddenly would be out of work. Well, the truth is a tip is a tip, but the way in which I deliver it, the way in which I work with somebody is completely different. Likewise, if you can give me something that I walked away with that I did not know when I first decided to watch this video, you have won me over. If you have done it in a way that I am engaged and I liked you, then I'm gonna continue to come back. So it's a matter of not only giving a piece of information, but giving a piece of yourself. And that piece of yourself, I'm sorry, you can try as hard as you, as you want. That person that you are is messy, is imperfect, is, you know, is not a Hollywood actor that gets paid millions of dollars to headline a movie. That's not what we're after here. We're after personalities who are rich with who they are, and you can't fake that. That's the other thing. I think audiences are forgiving, but they're also smarter than they've ever been, and they know bullshit when they see it. Can I say that? This is a podcast, Oh, right? yes, you can say that. And I'll tell you what, that's one of, I read that this morning in your book, again mm -hmm. yes and i thought to myself this is such a brilliant point i think that we don't you don't have to dumb stuff down for your audience i mean cream you know what we say in food and you know cream rises to the top mm -hmm. okay? so if you have if people that are watching you if you use one or two french terms because the, you know, that's how you were trained, saute, mise en place. Now, certainly you can explain it to them, but I don't think you have to stop using those terms because it's being broadcast out to all of America. Do you see what I'm saying? Because if that's how you cook, it, you know, I've been on these shows. Now this was as talent, Jess, and I'll never forget, this was at Home and Garden, which I did tons of appearances on every shows. But one day a producer said to me, oh, we can't use the word food stylist. This wasn't that long ago. I said, I beg your pardon? He said, oh, people don't know what that is. That's an industry term. I said, no, not anymore. Not with mm -hmm. blogging, not Instagram, not with Pinterest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But he was sure that I shouldn't use that term now i was selling the food stylist handbook on it so i wasn't gonna call it, you know what i mean God. i was there to sell the book and but it took a few minutes and i then he he relented and we went ahead with it but i remember thinking wow 
Okay, that hasn't happened to me in a long time, but I knew who I was. Do you know what I mean? But I had to educate him to who I was. And that's the whole point there is education. So I think use whatever words are appropriate. I remember one time when you held up a zester and you said, this is a zester. And I commented, I wouldn't even know what that is. That oh, was a zester. Absolutely. <laughs> and I go, but I know what a zester does. Jess, there were so many times that you and I taught each other things. I'm looking back at segments. When, when you were the producer in San Francisco on that view from the Bay, mm -hmm. And you, I was a guest a couple of times because you let me come and be a guest. And that was the funnest show because the hosts were great. And one of the hosts was Spencer Christian, of course, from Good Morning America, who is still the loveliest, most wonderful man. Do you know what I mean? Just extraordinary guy. But he always made everybody on that show. And this is something for tricks. And I try to say this to people. If they do get a television mm -hmm. Or now if you're Zooming, the same tricks apply. Do you know what I mean? Everything you're talking about, it's no different. You could, as a talent, you can be standing in a studio or you can be at your desk on Zoom. You still need the same mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I just remember that you, that show, the reason I love that show is that from you, the executive producer, the talent, the real talent or the host made every, every time I came on, there they make they gave me more confidence to be myself as i went in front of the camera and i will tell you that came from management because yes. their their number one priority was to have a call to action was to give the audience something and so every time we had a meeting every time that we formulated a segment our goal was to take care of our audience now i think that's really important because when you when you are doing a zoom when you're out there putting your brand out there ask yourself why am i doing this so i always talk about these three a's and i call them the a factor so the first one is your audience so who is your audience and what do they want more so than what do they want what do you have that they need what is the irresistible thing that somebody who is at home with a limited pantry and maybe just a saucepan and a pot gonna learn from you what can you tell that individual who is single who has maybe never cooked before in his life he's a bachelor right when he goes out to the grocery store what he needs to get or that work at home parent who you know used to have some support who doesn't have support now and needs to cook a dinner you know for kids right after teaching their kids a school lesson so take into consideration who your audience is and what can you give that audience that is distinctly and uniquely your own expertise what an excellent point i don't think that most people i don't think that that's i know you've always called it the call to action I understand it. I don't think enough people think about that, Jess. I don't think when they start, they're thinking, what is, what am I giving the audience? Exactly. And so the, and that, that, that's the, the triangle there, right? So your audience, your agenda and your call to action. So let's, let's work this backwards, right? Yes. So your, your call to action, let's say at the end of the day, you want to motivate somebody to do a recipe they've never done before. Okay. So in in coaching they they call this visualization right so visualize the end result 
somebody feels motivated, he or she is inspired, they're, they've got their hands dirty, and suddenly they've got this beautiful dish they've never, ever done before. So if your call to action is to be able to instill not only the knowledge, but a little bit of inspiration, and that inspiration comes with connection. It's not just about the finished product. It's about the way you made them feel, something you shared, a, a comforting voice, a tone, a, a something that said, you know what, when you get to this particular point, I remembered I didn't get it right. I, you know, I pulled it out of the oven and it was saucy. It was horrible. And it took me four tries to get it right. That little bit of sharing is more than just the information. And that's when you connect with people. And that's when you create that sort of inspiration or that, that end result, that call to actions that they not only did the dish, but they somehow feel better about doing it. Wonderful. That's exactly, Jess, I love that. I love that. Um, and what was the third point you said? So the agenda, so the agenda. So you, you look at your audience, you know, and, and profile your audience. In this instance, in our world, profiling is good when it comes to who your audience is when you are doing a video. The, the other part is your, you know, your call to action, your end result, and then your agenda. So that's sort of the middle part. If I know who my audience is and I know the end result that I want to get, that will help facilitate the middle portion or my agenda. So look at that as sort of like the recipe. The recipe are like your talking points. So I know that if I'm doing a five minute video and I'm going to teach them how to do this dish, one particular part of the dish is very difficult. I'm going to spend a little time sharing a little bit of a story, right? Sharing a little bit about myself because the, the thing in the way in which we communicate at our best is when we achieve two things. We not only inform our audience, or as we have been talking about educating our audience, but we also connect with them. And that's where the authenticity, the realness, the messiness, the vulnerability to be able to sit there and share and say, hey, I am, I struggle with this, or I haven't perfected this right. Or, you know, I, I took this recipe from Martha Stewart or Julia Child, but my grandmother had a little trick and let me share with you that little trick that, that gets through that little portion. It's something that's personal. So that agenda portion really makes sure that you're not only informing, you're not only sharing a recipe, but that you're connecting. And that connection comes through storytelling. I love, well, connection, I'll tell you, Jess, and I know you will discuss this some more on appeal, that people have appeal. I know this. I feel totally connected to uh, Harrison Ford, Amy <laughs> Fox. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer. Now I've met some of them, okay? Mm -hmm. But that's not the personal connection. I'm saying when I watch them on television or, you know, or in a movie, I, they connect with, I connect with them and just through their acting or the parts that they pick or sometimes in an interview when I see them. But I think that that's such an important, People, I know with this podcast, we, Cindy and I have an audience in mind, mm -hmm. you know I mean? and we hit that audience a lot, and that's who we're going for. But the other thing is, sometimes like you talking now, younger women that have joined our podcast, um, they're, they're, they also glean things from the future. Do you see what I'm saying? So they're yeah 
connecting with speakers saying, oh, I may not be there yet, but that's a good tip to put away for, for five years from now. So I think connection is, a nut, is just a really serious process to yourself. Do you know what I mean? To growing and to understanding yourself. Why am Absolutely. I connecting with that person? And why do I think that Michelle Pfeiffer and I could be best friends? <laughs> well, I, I thought don't you know. were. <laughs> and and you, you nailed it on the head. And this is where Hollywood has changed. When you and I first started, it was about the, per, um, the polished, perfect persona. Yes. And you had to look a certain way. You had to be a certain age. You had to be a certain height, a certain body shape. And that has changed. So when, Denise, when you and I first started working together in the capacity where I was able to hire you as a producer to do some stuff, there were other people who had, I had tried out or I was encouraged to try out as food stylist. And I chose you or I wanted to work with you because you inspired me. Oh. You ed you educated me and you gave me a piece of calmness and a piece of experience and wisdom and comfort that I didn't get from a younger food stylist who I felt was less experienced. And I think one of the great things that as a producer, and I hope my contemporaries and entrepreneurs and other people realize that wisdom and experience is a winning solution. And I, and I hope that people also realize that are listening to your podcast that don't let age keep you back from doing something because people out there want what you have. You oh. just gotta, you gotta share it because if you don't share it, nobody's gonna know because nobody's gonna come knock on your door and say, you know hey, I want it. That's right. And you know what, Jess, this is the thing because of various reasons in our society, as we age, especially, I think more even towards women, we are undervalued, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, so if we've been undervalued in our career, then we're retiring or getting off the stage, yeah, there becomes almost this fear force, like who would wanna see me, do you know what I mean? Or I'm, too, I'm fat, or I'm old, or I have gray hair, or all the critic voices that we speak to ourselves. And in fact, no, I don't wear a size eight jeans anymore, but I'm wise. <laughs> Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And if life experience, otherwise, how could I have lived this long? So I, I, what you're saying is so valuable. And the other reason is, since you've already lived this long, and I don't care if you're 50 or 60 or 70, why not do what you want to? So if you need to accomplish videos of yourself cooking or teaching your grandchildren or writing a book that you think needs to be written why not i mean what's the worst thing that can happen to you i think <laughs> failure is not trying right? that's right but if you don't try you're never gonna know and the only one that stops you is yourself so a young 25 year old yes you know she may fit into a size eight jeans and she may have had some negative experience from parents and teachers and friends where that those voices are in her head and i am very empathetic to that take that same person 30 years down the line right that individual no longer fits in those eight 
you know, those size eight pair yeah. of jeans and has still heard negative things that people have told her, including her parents or teachers or colleagues or whatever. But I can guarantee she's also had wins. She's also lived long enough to know that if she puts her mind to it, she can do it. And so I always think, and I, I learned this, and I wish I could say it's my own thing, but it's not. It's a, a coach that I had said, anytime that I feel like I'm in a struggle that I don't know what to do with, go back to my most recent struggle, write it down, and write down the three things that I did that I innately have that allowed me to overcome that obstacle. And hold those three things in front of your computer, in front of your face to say, you know what? I already have that skill. I already know how to do that. So whatever I'm facing, you know what? I've, I've already got some, some, some muscle in me that will allow me to do better. Absolutely perfect. That's, and that's what, and this is why, if anything, as we get older, I'm braver now than I ever was. Do you know what I mean? Now, there's things that I know that I've done that I don't want to do, so I don't have to do them anymore. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? It's like I tried, and I may have won at it. But I think that that's what, one of the points you're making there, Jess, is that experience and wisdom um, lets you face all the obstacles. Do you know what I mean? That's all. That's all. It, and it's real clear. It's real clear. And, and you don't waste time on things that you know aren't going to serve you. And I, I'm going to be this year entering in, into a new decade of life. Okay. And so one thing that I am owning in that is that I have the experience to say, you know what, I don't want to spend my time doing that because I've been down that road. That's and right. I know that I know that's not going to work, but I still want to experiment. I still want to learn. I still want to try. So I'm going to try this, you know, uh, time for young people experiment go out there try every freaking thing so that yes. when you get to be 50 you can say you know what i tried that now i'm going to focus on this that's exactly right now answer me this buddy for someone because you published your own book mm -hmm. didn't you publish two just have you done a yes one? yes so um the first book um everyday celebrity is in english it's also in traditional Chinese and simplified Chinese. My second book, which is awesome, is uh, currently out in Mandarin or traditional Chinese and will be coming out in uh, English this summer. So depending when this podcast is either going to come out or just recently came out. Okay. Now, why don't we talk about your books for a minute? Because we're going to do a second podcast and we'll give people okay. some more tips and essentials. I want you to tell us the story of how you got to Asia to publish your first book. Because there's an example of the snowball effect of success. Do you know what I mean? I mean, really, there's, it's amazing. And people, so, there's so many people in my age group that wanted a cookbook or wanted a book. And I always say to them, do it. There's no reason not to do it. You know, I, I heard once the difference between um, being a published author and not being a published author is one thing, writing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I'll try to make this, this as brief as possible, but I, I'm, I always say I'm this little brown boy from Azusa. So Azusa is this little suburb of LA County and I'm related to about 80% of the city. 
so my my you know grandmother had 12 kids and she was one family and then the pedrosas were another family and then the vasquez were another family but i was this this boy who who you know somehow wanted to work in the entertainment business i started a career um my cousin got me into it and um while i was working in entertainment I started working with hosts and started doing the coaching aspect and then decided, well, maybe coaching is what I want to do. So I went into a coaching program. And when I went into the coaching program, I happened to meet this woman named Emily Liu. Very funny story is that she was there to scout this program, this coaching program that I was going to. My uh, former boss, Adora, was there. She was working for them as a marketing person. A, a fourth party, Caroline, was trying to um, port Emily into taking their program back to Asia. Adore and I were supposed to have dinner. So suddenly the four of us were having dinner. Nobody could decide where to sit. Emily and I decided that we had sort of the same mentality. Okay, we're going to go sit out in that, that patio there. She went and grabbed the waiter. I moved the chairs. We sat next to each other. She says, hi, I'm Emily. And I said, hi, I'm Jess. She goes like Jesse, and I said, yeah. She said, that's my ex-husband's name. He's gay. And I said, well, I'm gay too. <laughs> so, what a connection! <laughs> right, off the, right off the bat. And the, just the two of us being ourselves and sharing a little bit with each other, we became classmates and connected right away. And through the course of our coaching program, which was like a year and a half, we developed more of a friendship. Um, we ended up, you know, um, uh, sharing a hotel suite together because she lived in Taiwan and our coaching program was in Colorado, became friends and we kept in contact afterwards. And I, I said to her, I want to work with you. And she says, yeah, I can see that happening. And then, you know, every now and then we would just talk and she says, okay, are you ready? And I said, for what? Working together. And I said, okay. And she goes, well, I need you to do a two day workshop. And I said, I've never done a two day workshop. And she said, okay, well, how long have you done workshops for? And I said, about half a day. She said, great, put four half days together. So she, she did. That turned into a 20-page outline. Cut to a year and a half later, we're sitting in Hong Kong at a little coffee shop, and we have a picture of this. Her book had just come out, uh, The Secret to Winning, or Secrets to Winning, with wow. her mentor. And she said, we should write a book. And I said, okay, what will we write about? She says, everything that you're doing. And I said, okay. So she picks up her cell phone, speaks to somebody in Cantonese. I don't even know what the heck they're saying. She says, she says, what day are you leaving? And I said, oh, Sunday. She goes, can you say it till Monday? And I'm like, no, it's almost Christmas. Christmas is on, on you know, Wednesday. She goes, okay, talk some more. Okay, okay, hangs up. She says, okay, so when we end up going to Taiwan, we have a meeting on Sunday night, right after you get done with your workshop. So try to save a little energy. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been here for two weeks. I'm not gonna be able to do that. So we sat down at this little um, hotel in Taiwan. The woman comes up, she's the mark, she, the actually, sorry. We're sitting at this small hotel in Taiwan and in walk these two women from Commonwealth Publishing. One is the main editor and the other one is a marketing person. We talk through the idea of our book and I was talking about being a media coach in my experience with Emily. They bought the book at that meeting without a book proposal or anything. How wonderful, Jess. And the reason I was able to do it is um, that 20 pages in that outline was the outline for my book. Of course it was. 
See, and, this, it's such a perfect story because you started out talking about what you know and people teaching what they know and speaking about their widow, and then you turned it into a book. <laughs> it couldn't be any better. It's a great book. It, for our listeners, well, Jess, we're going to come back and do part two. Okay. And yeah. and most of the time, we we spread them. I mean, we do one week and then the second. But people people find us. You know, with podcasts, people listen to it when they need to. So I just want to say the name of your book again is Everyday Celebrity. Now, you can look for us on Facebook at our group, Women Beyond a Certain Age. You can go to our website, womenbeyondacertainage.com. And if you have any questions, you email me at iCloud. It's, oh, mm, see, I don't have my notes in front of me. Cindy's laughing. You know, you only say something 100, 200 times. You think I can remember. Women Beyond at iCloud.com. You know, the days that Cindy's not here just, you know how little I get done. <laughs> Cindy came to work for me as an intern and stayed for 20 years. But by the time she left, of course, she was the boss and I was not. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Denise. Love this. Love you. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Cindy. And we will be back with you. And you're going to help some people with some branding. Really, I just think of communication, Jess. I think that's what you've become a master at. And I really, really appreciate it. Goodbye.